Nebuchadnezzar had a lethal combination in his life of pride, power, and a temper. And that is a dangerous, dangerous combination. Because of his power and his temper, it could prevent some people from confronting him about his pride. If you were to confront him about his pride, it could mean that he could explode and throw you into a furnace, throw you into a den of lions. So I'm sure that people were cautious. Daniel, on the other hand, he did not seem to be so concerned about calling out King Nebuchadnezzar in his pride. So what did Daniel say? Key point number two, the Lord warns against the idol of pride. Let's pick up verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belshazzar, don't let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Belshazzar answered, you hear, you hear what he's saying? He's like, hey, look, speak the truth to me. Don't be afraid. Look, you know, if, if this is hard, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to throw you in the fire. I'm not going to throw you back into the den. So the king spoke, Belshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Belshazzar answered and said, my Lord, may the dream concern those who hate you and its interpretation concern your enemies. The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached the heavens and which could be seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant, in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt and in whose branches the birds of the heaven had, had their home. It's you, king. Uh, you have have grown and become a strong, have become strong for your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens and your dominion to the end of the earth. And inasmuch as the king saw a watcher, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the, the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and roots in the earth bound with a band of iron bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let him graze with the beast of the field till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, king. And this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon the Lord the king. They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven and seven times shall pass over you till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, that my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. You hear what he's saying? Listen, king, you had better change your ways because if you don't, things don't look good for you. And I'm hoping that you change your mind and change the way that you're living. 
But when things are going well, it's difficult for people to realize their need for Christ. When things are really going well, we typically don't, we don't think about those things. So listen, we live in an affluent community. We are surrounded by people who relax in their homes and assume that all is well, just like King Nebuchadnezzar had his homes, and he's looking around, and he's going, things are amazing. The gods must be smiling on me, right? I mean, things must be amazing, great. All is good. Yet this shows us the tendency for pride to distort reality. Let me ask you this. Do you have a Daniel in your life? Do you have a Daniel in your life, someone who is a mature Christian believer who will tell you when you have built an idol of pride? We all need it. We all need someone like Daniel. We all need somebody who is going to say, listen, I know that you are thinking that all is well right now, but you have allowed pride to slip into your life. And notice that Daniel doesn't hold back. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. Let's continue. Key point number three then is this. The Lord will humble you in your idol of pride. Picking up at verse 28. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? So what's happened? Here we are, 12 months later, after, after Daniel's already told him, said, Listen, here's the meaning of your dream. You better stop the attitude you better, you got pride, you're going to end up, you're going to end up dwelling in the grass, you're going to eat grass like an ox. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. God said, listen, I gave you opportunity. Here he was a year later still bragging, and he was mid-sentence of bragging, and God said, enough is enough. I've been patient with you. I have warned you. I've given you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. It has been exposed, but even after his sin has been exposed, even after Daniel warned him of his pride, 
God then did what? Still showed incredible patience, allowing an entire year to pass. And Nebuchadnezzar was mid-sentence, enough is enough. And the Lord struck Nebuchadnezzar with what many scholars believe to be lycanthropy. It's this um, almost schizophrenic type of uh, identifying with an animal. You know, the, almost like he thinks he's, he, he's gone mad. He's gone crazy. And here he is. He's, he's, he's living like a, like a wolf. He's living like a, an animal. Nebuchadnezzar went from being a king with all of the luxuries known at the time. Listen, not just any king. I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest kings uh, recorded in history. Now, not great as in good, but great as in powerful. But not only is God addressing King Nebuchadnezzar's pride, but he's addressing something else too. Look back at verse 17. This decision is by the decree of the watchers. Those are angels, by the way. And the sentence by the word of the holy ones. This is believed to be people who are devoted to God. In order that the living, look at this, in order that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to whomever he will, and sets over it the lowest of men. Listen, don't miss this important truth. God wants everyone living, every single living person to know that he, the Most High, rules in the kingdom, kingdoms of men. That he is over it. We don't, in fact, most kingdoms historically are not good kings. Most leaders historically have not been good leaders. Even in Israel, even in Judah, most of them were bad. Most of them were terrible kings. But there is one that's good, and he is coming. And he allows some terrible kings along the way and some terrible rulers along the way. But he is saying, listen, no matter how bad they are, no matter if you like them or don't like them. And by the way, Daniel seems to have grown to care for this king, Nebuchadnezzar, hasn't he? The scriptures are declaring that no one, absolutely no one, rises to political power among earthly kingdoms apart from God. Look, I don't know how all the presidential stuff is going to turn out right now. I don't. But I do know this. God doesn't sit up late on election night watching the exit polls. God is not sitting up in heaven going, hmm, I wonder how this is going to turn out. God isn't wondering how the 2020 presidential race in the United States, he already knows. But don't miss this. It's not just because God is all-knowing. It's not just because he knows the future. This passage has made it clear. It is because he is the one in control. He is the one who is involved in the affairs of the kingdoms of men. And you might wonder, why does God remove good leaders? Why does he allow bad leaders to take office? 
The short answer is that God sees a much bigger picture than we do. However, I think that there's something else that God is teaching us. And it's that the faith that we see witnessed in Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego doesn't happen without King Nebuchadnezzar.